Welcome to Diminishing Returns Podcast. This week, you are joined by myself, esteemed filmmaker Werner Herzog. I first became aware of Diminishing Returns when they used unlicensed audio clips of myself talking to create the illusion that I was having a conversation with Ellen Turing. Since then, I have been digging through the archive of their show and listening to what many must never listen to, for you see it will forever be the white elephant in the room. In amongst the audio files, I began to discover a human story unfolding. Just as life for humanity is one series of order colliding with chaos and the two attempting to reach compromise, Diminishing Returns podcast exists in a limbo state between the two as its creators attempt to find beauty in art created by others and to tear down that which they do not deem worthy of their time. Many of these clips were from the days of Calvin Dyson still being a regular host on the show. So it will provide us listening with the opium that is nostalgia, so that we may return to a better time in our lives and ignore that which is in our present. The first of such audio examples I am bringing to you today was from an episode covering the film Fifty Shades Darker, in which Alan took it upon himself to review an extra film Spoof movie, Fifty Shades of Black. Well, um, I have uh, something a little more to add. Uh, because I couldn't be able to watch Fifty Shades Darker again, but I decided so I could bring something to the table here. I watched Fifty Shades of Black, uh, which is oh. a spoof version of it um, with Marlon Wyans. And it's from that whole stable that made like White Chicks, uh, Little Man, uh, the Paranormal Activity one. What is it? Haunted House? Is it that? Was that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Those guys. I was hoping that I'd watch it and I'd be able to, it'd be very shit or maybe genuinely funny. I could bring something, but it was actually just kind of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> but, oh, really? But with, in the, but you know how in Fifty Shades of Grey all the characters are very white. Mm. Well, in Fifty Shades of Black, all the characters are black. Right. See, it's very clever. Um, it's, uh, it's a very subtle parody. But yes, it, 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 it follows the plot exactly of Fifty Shades of Grey. So it, it doesn't feel like spoof. It just feels like you're watching Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, but mm. with a bit of slapstick thrown in and some kind of uh, crude sort of testicles pop out every now and then, so that sort of thing. Um, but to be fair, it does have better dialogue and more believable sex scenes. So, you know, it's, uh, it's not that bad, really. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Calvin, in uh, in Fifty Shades of Black, the mother character is played by Jane Seymour. Oh my God! Really? Yes. Wait a minute, she's not black. Well, no, he's adopted, isn't he? Oh. And that's actually oh. she's probably the highlight of the whole film because she's like this slightly racist, rich white woman who adopts disadvantaged, like ethnic children, 
<laughs> so she's got like a black one and a Korean one. <laughs> Still, like, oh um, she's probably That's the funniest an... thing in the whole film. That does sound kind of funny. <laughs> oh, maybe I should watch it. Hmm. Is she just in watch... it much? Nah, just watch the bits with her in. It's it's exactly the same as Fifty Shades of Grey. So she's in like two scenes, like in the same. Is that... Hmm. Marlon Wines is uh, pretty sexy in it as well. He's like for a man in his <laughs> mid mid forties, he's uh, he's looking pretty good. Mm. And uh, mm. I think no, it, he has always it, had quite a good body and everything. He's yeah, and he gets it out a lot more than Jamie Dornan does. Mm. He's quite a good actor, I think. Marlon Wines. I think he actually mm. can be quite good when he does shitty comedy stuff. It doesn't particularly come across, but. Hmm. So your review is that Fifty Shades of Black is actually a genuinely better film than (laughs) Um, Fifty Shades of Grey and Fifty Shades Darker. If I had to watch a version of Fifty Shades of Grey, it would be Fifty Shades of Black. (laughs) Mm, mm. And it is, I don't know what the parody laws are, but it is just an adaptation of the book. It is nowhere near different enough to be classified as an original (laughs) script. But have they they put jokes on it? Yeah, but it's exactly the same plot. And characters. It's are there extensive sex scenes? Then I mean, I guess there must be from um, the description of his body. But well, most of the body, his body is um, just him getting his body out. <laughs> it's not in sex scenes. Um, but yeah, there's sex scenes. Next up is a clip from one of the show's many James Bond episodes. This one was a retrospective looking back at Diamonds Are Forever. There was a discussion of Sean Connery, and that deviated into talk of Shakespeare. The discussion then took a darker turn to that of necrophilia. Can I throw a question in there, actually, for Calvin? Right. I read somewhere, I think, that Connery was contracted for two films. Oh. Obviously, he only did one. I don't Um, know if you knew anything about that. Well, I know that he was contracted... That might be... When United Artists were contracting him, it was his contract that he would do this film and then two more films with them. And he only made Uh, one of those. I don't know if that's the information. Uh, Hang on, I must have just read it on Wikipedia or something. Maybe maybe they looked at the script for the next one. They were like, look, we can't afford to do this. (laughs) Bring him back and... They were like, yeah, but that last one was really cheap. Can't we just recast and do a <laughs> decent film? No, I, I believe it was only ever going to be a one-shot thing, but they wanted him for a couple of other films, and there was only one of those that got made. Yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm reading it here, and it just says, like, yeah, they did two of the films. Uh, it says, yeah, Connery used the fee to establish the Scottish International Education Trust, ah. where Scottish artists could apply for funding without having to leave their country to pursue their careers. So that's what he's put the money into. Yeah, it's a charity, mm. I guess, even if it is a nationalistic one. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Apparently. Mm. <laughs> You're going to struggle to find an effective worldwide international education fund. <laughs> I'm sure there is one, but... Mm. Oh, it said It said that they were trying to make an adaptation of Macbeth with Connery as Macbeth, but it Ooh. never happened. Hmm. That would have been great. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been pretty good. <laughs> to be or not to be. <laughs> That's Hamlet, but is it? Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a quick uh, Shakespeare quote that came to my mind. <laughs> what's what's Macbeth? <laughs> um, yeah, which one is Macbeth? Double is bubble oil and bubble. Oh, it is the one with the witches. That's the witches. Is this a dagger I see before me? That's Lady Macbeth. 
Um, I can't think of a single Macbeth quote. Oh, Which it. one's the Lion King? Is that Macbeth or Hamlet? That's Hamlet. Well, supposedly Hamlet. I'll tell you who's in Shakespeare. Nick Bottom. That's a that's like a Bond girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and people love Shakespeare. Look, no, well, I don't. No, in 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 Bond, it'd be called Pinch Bottom. You know, Pinch is not a name. Uh, I mean, I don't think Shakespeare was above having a name like Pinch Bottom in there either. To no, be fair. No. Language yeah. just hadn't got to that point yet. Where he did. <laughs> Maybe that's what Nick Bottom was meant. It was meant in like stealing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, wait, sorry, is that the pun? You, I don't know. Maybe it's... God, well, Nick is at least dreadful. a name, so it would be somewhat acceptable. Uh, anyway, I bet James Bond like Shakespeare. That, that's that's how good Shakespeare is. I don't know if he'd have time to mm. read. Oh, maybe actually on all the planes. I bet he's a bloody. <clears throat> I bet he's got a degree in Shakespeare literature or something. <laughs> Keeping secret from everyone. Hmm. Mm. So anyway, Sol, what is <laughs> your pitch? Mm. Um, you know, do you think Bond there. would do a dead person? No. Uh, he, d- he did in my What film. about if she'd only been dead for five minutes? No. Mm. What about if she died during? Do you think he'd complete? Depends whether or not he mm. noticed. Yeah, would, right, would you? Let's put this out there. If you were having sex with someone, they suddenly die asthma attack or something, you thought they were having an orgasm, would you finish before you called the ambulance? Uh, no. I honestly wouldn't. Well, what a noble man you are. <laughs> <laughs> and you said that like, no, I've got dignity. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think... I would. You, you um, asked it as a very serious question. I'm like, well, no, actually, I wouldn't. I, I don't think there's much consideration. I doubt many people would. Would you, Alan? <laughs> I think I, just to say you've done it. I mean, how how many times do you get that opportunity? Because I don't want to shag a corpse. Because, but if it's fresh, <laughs> is this for the edit floor? Edit I think floor? I think I'd be I'd be too concerned about the person and like worried and like that if i thought like the second i thought they were in need of like medical attention and were dead i'd probably be like trying to help them so yeah mm, if they're dead i mean what are you gonna do i think, I think <laughs> it would kill the erection honestly i don't think i could if i'd wanted Put to you out so, the mood. yeah mm-hmm. fair yeah. enough what what if they came back as a zombie would you shag them then shag a zombie no <laughs> scary <laughs> their eyes are all fucked up <laughs> spooky Okay. Um, all right, so let's get back to the pitch. This clip comes from an episode about Pacific Rim, a film in which mankind clashes with nature, man attempting to prove its dominance, but nature is truly the dominant force at play. In this clip, stemming from a discussion of a Calvin Dyson-themed theme park, Our Diminishing Returns gang discussed the futility of human consumption of calories and food. What what, what do you have in a theme park? Rides! Yeah, I'm trying to think of a ride. Uh, Calvin Dyson's Wild Ride. (laughs) Uh, The Calvin Dyson Experience. 
just... much like how Walt Disney designed the main street at Disneyland to be like his old like hometown main street. My main street will be brick houses <laughs> from Yorkshire. Some terrace houses. Uh, <laughs> with some chavs hanging around on the corners <laughs> who were just you know, ca- you know, uh, performers in character and <laughs> Got a big phone head photos on. with them. <laughs> <laughs> what what restaurant will we have as well? There, there's got to be like a, a theme chain restaurant people can eat at when they're there. Northern food, fishing, fishing milk, just a pizza express. I think for you, Calvin. <laughs> if you just want something light, you can get um, some soup with a crescent of crisps. <laughs> no, no, it's tomato soup. With, Wensleydale uh, grated on it. Yes, <laughs> and Ritz crackers and three slices of buttered bread. But the whole grating Wensleydale on something is a surprisingly refined culinary thing. It's not really the done thing, but I feel as though you've arrived at it by mistake. <laughs> I, I don't think grating cheese on something. No, but Wensleydale isn't really a. Yeah, I don't know. It's normally cheddar or red Leicester. Yeah, but you know he only eats Wensleydale because of Wallace and Gromit, so that's nothing to do with class. It's a creamier cheese. <laughs> yeah, it's not really a, a... I think you'd struggle to find a recipe that ever called for you to grate Wensleydale. <laughs> Calvin, Calvin. You cr- crumble it. Are you the sort of person who uh, sneaks to the fridge in the middle of the night for a spoonful of cottage cheese? Your little, oh, no. your little <laughs> guilty secret. Oh, I'll just have a bit of cottage cheese. <laughs> I don't snack anymore. <laughs> you trying to lose weight? Uh, but if you did snack, what would you snack on? Oh, well, I do like gnawing on a block of cheese. <laughs> so, that's nice. Have you, you know when you don't even like cut it off with a knife? You just. <laughs> not, I've not never really done know. that. But, uh, Have you okay. ever eaten a pork pie? Uh, no, I don't really like savoury pastry all that much. Apart from on never a, uh, once in your life. What, what do you get from Greg's? I don't. What? Yeah, You're from Brighouse. I like a, um, I like a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a beef pie. I had a very good one in Cambridge actually a couple of weekends ago. Beef and bone marrow, it was. Oh my god! Um, and it was really nice. <laughs> she went in France. No, Cambridge. <laughs> um, are you, have you honestly never once in your life had a pork pie? Uh, you know, I probably have had with peas. One, oh Mushy god, peas. yeah. No, actually, I did at my friend Sam's house at Christmas a few years ago, and uh, you've got to be careful with a pork pie because they can be fucking rank, but they can also be really nice. I didn't really like it because there was like the meaty bit, which was, was all the processed. Jelly? Yeah, is that a common thing? Yeah, but you like, like, say, I. I like a good pork pie, but some of them have got that jelly in, and it's just horrible. And you've got to be careful. Like it's a real, it's a real stab in the dark pork pies if they're going to be nice or not. Because a good pork pie is lovely, but I have that on corned beef. Like I got some corned beef from the co-op last week. First time I've done it, I'll never do it again. Marks and Spencers have really good corned beef that doesn't have the crappy jelly bits on the corners. But oof, no, it's like cat food, isn't it? Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, which I, I don't mind. Wait, what? You don't mind cat food? No, no, that it looks like cat food. <laughs> Well, then why are you complaining that there's jelly on it? Just pick it off like a normal person. Oh! Oh, no, I want it to look like cat food without the jelly. <laughs> what kind of cat food's that? Just the gravy ca- I've kind. Ne- I've never had a cat, so... To be fair, you eat you eat gravy cat food out of a tin. The uh, tinned steak or whatever. That's what like else do you put in a pie? <laughs> do you like liver and onions? Or liver and onions, you can suck it away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever had liver and onions, but I do like liver. Oh, God. Like you, oh my God. 
Well, it's really nice. Have you ever had foie gras? No. Yeah, it's not nice. It's foie gras. Oh my god, it's wonderful. Oh god, I mean, it's not. It's like... <laughs> it's just like pate, and pate is just like fucking sausage meat that's been blended about five times. It's just... Yeah, but it's not, is it? Because it's a thing's liver. And if that thing is force-fed, then it's even better. (laughs) (laughs) It's not not worth the cruelty. I think... Well, obviously I'm joking, listeners, when I say this. No, no, because I think you've got Uh, to enjoy it. Otherwise it's suffered for no reason. But if we at least enjoy it, (laughs) some reason, there's some good come from it. Why are we still fucking talking about this? We're trying (laughs) to figure out what's in the Calvin Calvin? Dyson... (laughs) Uh, restaurant. <laughs> in the Easter of 2018, Diminishing Returns turned its head to religious cinema with God's Not Dead, almost a direct rebuttal to my own thesis that God only exists in our hearts and minds as much as Satan. Here, continuing these themes of darkness is a quick throwaway moment and a discussion of Leviticus as it appears in the Christian Bible. It should probably be noted that at this point in their lives, Alan had found the sweet lie of religion as a means of comforting himself in his darkest hour, having just had to endure the two films God's Not Dead and God's Not Dead 2. As such, he is approaching the discussion from that of a religious theological point of view i don't know what's happened to my computer but apparently i've only got space on my hard drive for another 13 minutes of recording oh, <laughs> 13 shit yeah <laughs> you so have to me, delete some files sit, oh, my recycling bin's empty yeah let me just delete some porn quickly um, <laughs> <laughs> you got overexcited his um, new single life <laughs> i went downloading all the classics uh, <laughs> get rid of the one for the outtake reel. Really. <laughs> uh, I mean, you should get rid of it all. Now? It's it's sinful, you know. Is it? I guess it is. Yeah, they're all sin. Self love. Yeah. I only now I only have sex now for the purpose of procreation uh, within marriage. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're deleting. We're deleting two Jade and James videos. Let's see what that does. Jade and James. He sounds lovely. Oh, there we go. One hour, 43. All right, we're good. Hooray! Fucking hell. How big are those files? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're absolutely high quality or long or anything. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, we've seen that Alan mm. has not gone against any of the Ten Commandments. So mm. uh, how does he handle Leviticus? Oh, Shall, shall, shall we school. go through a few of these? I'm more of a New Testament uh, guy. Like old Jesus and that shit. Sorry, I didn't mean shit. I meant uh, <laughs> stuff. Well, Alan, have you ever uh, eaten fat? No. Fat? Okay. My mum, fat, my mum yes. on, if you look at our Facebook, my mum was, my mum was going on about eating fat uh, when I was posting about my pigeons. Pure fat. <laughs> Like lard, and she was telling us about yeah how uh, no about the uh, the uh, Inuits uh, they they blubber. whale blubber they chew it up for the babies oh. to give it to them. Uh, but yeah, I mean I've had I've had the odd dripping sandwich if that's what you're talking about. You have to eat fat with without any fat in your diet, you die. Spoken like a true obese. 
Uh, well, no. Um, all fat is to be saved for offerings to God. Yeah. But you would—you literally would die without fat in your diet. You need some fat. Sorry. So God wants us all to die. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah. Alan, have you ever touched an unclean animal? No, he doesn't do that. He gets really angry about Emma Watson touching a horse. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really like dirty animals. I touch cats, that's about it. Oh, you've definitely done this. Uh, <laughs> have you ever let your hair become unkempt? <laughs> no, no. Okay. You sure about that one? Okay. I grow a good beard. I'm just sort of skimming through some of these. Drinking alcohol in a holy place See, I've never done that. is one of them. But that's the point, isn't it? Like, you're supposed to have wine. No, yeah. don't drink wine. You drink the blood of Christ. Yeah, but it's alcoholic blood of Christ. No, it. you bless it. The priest does his thing and it becomes the blood of Christ. It actually physically becomes the blood of Christ. Yeah, but the blood of Christ is alcoholic. No, it's not. It yeah. is. the blood of Christ. It is. Anyway, that's like I say, you can pick and choose what you like, really, to be honest. It's good. Have you ever um, eaten an animal which doesn't both chew cud and has a divided hoof, <laughs> such as a camel, a rabbit, or a pig? Uh, no. Don't dig on swine. Lie. Liar. Liar. You've lied. You've broken a commandment. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well, forgive me. Um, have you ever eaten or touched the carcass of any seafood without fins or scales? Actually, I'm not a big seafood guy, so probably not. Okay, then. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm not going to go through many of these. Let's see. Um... Eaten any animals which walks on all four and has paws? Oh, like cats. I've eaten an odd, the odd cat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Alf. I'm guessing you've not eaten any... I'm guessing you've not eaten any insects with four legs, uh, weasels, uh, rats... Do insects with four legs exist? <laughs> Geckos? I don't think such a thing is possible. Insects could have four legs. Of course they can. <laughs> I, think, I think by definition, it's not an insect. No. You have to have well, six. Know. You don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, I'm guessing you haven't had sex with your mother... <laughs> Your father's wife, your sister, your granddaughter, your half-sister, your biological aunt, your uncle's wife, your daughter-in-law, your sister-in-law, with a woman who is also having sex with her daughter or granddaughter. Mm -hmm. I have done um, that at, at the same time. With a woman during her period, with neighbours. Ah. Wait, what? During, during the periods against Christianity? Yeah. Mm. No, yeah, I have I done that. Yeah. The man will be considered unclean for seven days. Yeah, I was. Well, just wash. wash Scrubbed it off. Yeah, yeah. Both of them are to be cut off from their people. Oof, no need to cut it off. <laughs> having sex with a man as one does with a woman. Oh, eighteen twenty-two. That's uh... what about having sex with a what about having sex with a woman as one does with a man? Do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Have you um reaping to the very edges of a field? What does that mean? Oof, no, never do that. I always leave a little bit of a border. I was going to say that's to do with harvesting, isn't it? <laughs> when I'm reaping. Yeah. Oh. Maybe that's a metaphor. Is it a euphemism or something? I don't know. Picking up grapes that have fallen in your vineyard? <laughs> that's definitely a euphemism. What, you just meant to leave them on the ground like a dirty bastard? <laughs> Apparently. Holding back the wages of an employee overnight? <sighs> um, Ooh. Cursing the deaf or abusing the blind? Oh, you've got a lot of that. I do, I do. I, do. I, I abuse the blind a lot, actually. It's really uncalled for. <laughs> but they can't tell because uh, I do it silently. Uh, sleeping with another man's slave. Ooh, now I do. 
<laughs> I am a member of the S&M community, you see. <laughs> it was all consensual. Eating fruit from a tree within four years of planting it. Oof. What? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. That's weird. Be very sour fruits. Uh, trimming your beard. Oh, you Oof. bastard, you've done that. Oh, I do. I've seen mm. your headshots. You've got, you've got to trim it up a little bit, haven't you? <laughs> Make Making it... your daughter prostitute herself. Ugh, that'll... Look, those charges were dropped, so... Not standing in the presence of the elderly. Ooh. What? Mm, I might be guilty of that one. Mistreating foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> um, using diston- dishonest weights and scales. Oh, I guess that comes from, like, if you were selling yeah, someone something yeah, and you, like, yeah. slipped in a bit a of sin, a... Mate. Yeah. Don't pop your thumb on the scale when you... Yeah. Cursing your father or mother, marrying a prostitute, entering a place where there's a dead body as a priest? De- a dead body as a priest? Like a kind of weekend at Bernie's the priest. <laughs> it's, it's like don't impersonate a policeman, but with a priest, I think. Working on the Sabbath, blasphemy, selling an Israelite as a slave. That's the last one. Oh. So, yeah. I've not gone through all of them, because some of them are just, yeah. Some of the commandments, oh. but yeah. <laughs> Another discussion of James Bond now, or rather, a discussion of Gary Lineker and his crisp thieving ways, taken from the episodes that the gang recorded covering Live and Let Die. I think that's the best collective pitch we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Salt and pepper. Salt and pepper is one of, it sounds like one of those novelty crisp uh, names. <laughs> so can we get Gary Lineker? <laughs> 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 sort of sponsorship product placement deal what well, yeah how do we get him in he's just in a jail cell he's been stealing crisps <laughs> we, we have a scene at the start no throughout the film there's just like wanted posters on the background saying like have you seen the what's what's the town they're in they're just in louisiana, louisiana? which is obviously not a town but uh yeah, have you seen yeah. the louisiana crisp thief chip thief <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, we can have some culture clash comedy. We call them chips. And, like, we'll hide Gary Lineker in the background of some shots. Like, at one point they go to, like, a supermarket and if you, like, pause the film you can see him in the top corner with, like, a little sack of swag loading up crisps. <laughs> and then at the end he, he, he comes in for some reason. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I mean that's that's what Marvel movies do, isn't it? At the end, <laughs> at the end, someone shows up during the credits. <laughs> Gary Lineker is the new Bond. Can we do that, actually? Just in the in the next Bond film, in the middle of the credits, James Bond's just like sat eating his dinner, and then <laughs> Gary Lineker just walks in and says, "Like, <laughs> oh, you think you've eaten a lot of meals in your time? Well, don't be eating my crisps." And then he like he opens the cupboard and steals a bag of crisps and runs off and then the credits carry on. Imagine if that happened, the reaction to it on the internet. The outrage. <laughs> Just there'd be so many articles being like what that James Bond post credit scene means for the future of the franchise. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, god. Alright. Inexplicably, Diminishing Returns hit a milestone 100 episodes a while ago to celebrate the trio of hosts. Recorded a a big quiz episode 
in which they exchanged meaningless trivia and knowledge of such. Here is a cut segment from that episode in which Sol quizzed the other two on their knowledge of the show's own internal statistics. Uh, I'm going to start with some questions about us, guys, the three hosts, because we're allowed to be a bit self-indulgent as the 100th episode. Well, we're all going to be really good at at least one third of this (laughs) section of the quiz then. Mm, I don't know about that. This was, I've basically done a bit of data analysis about, you know, us and the show and everything. So the listeners are in as good a place to to answer these as we are. Cool. So my first question is, and there's three points available here. We we do a lot of research for this show. We we do a lot of watching, you know, long series of films and, you know, Fast and the Furious. That was like seven films we had to watch for that episode. It, It can be quite a lot of times. But sometimes, uh, some of us don't really put the homework, you know, effort in. They they don't really bother. So I want you to rank us in order of <laughs> so who's watched the most of the films <laughs> to who's watched the least amount of the films. Uh, okay. Does does it count um, watching the film if you watched it seven years ago and can't remember anything? About no, it? no. I'm 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 talking. Oh, yeah. Actually, let's say yeah, it does. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be Alan has seen everything, and then <laughs> see, I'm inclined to say that it would be me and then you, Sol. But I, I remember there's like ten Star Trek films that I've never seen yeah, before from really right. early on. So, and that was before we actually. Ah, mm. oh, but then you didn't watch all the Halloween films, so it was, it was only sort of in the past year or so that we've made a, a rule about seeing all the films. I'm still going to put myself at the bottom mm. and you in the middle. Somewhere. And do bear in mind, we've had those review of the year episodes as well. There's a lot of films that get ticked off in there. Oh, yeah. You, ne- you, didn't, you never get through the Oscar films, do you, Calvin? That's going to be the big, mm. big tell. I'm going to have to go the same. Is it all right if I go the same thing? Yeah, yeah. So what, what do you guys think there? Uh, I think it's going to be me, followed by Sol, followed by Calvin. Although I think if, we, if we're counting stuff that you watched 10 years ago, then Sol might be at the top, but... I'll say me, mm. me anyway. I'm yeah. Best. Well, I, I can tell you that I am actually the... Bollocks! I, I have watched <laughs> the most. I've watched 308 of the uh, films that we've had as homework. Alan, you've watched 293. And Calvin, you've only seen 267. Again, oh, I think if we... If we, <laughs> if we talk about films that we watched within within memory so we could actually talk about it in a sensible way... Yeah, you'd, you'd be about two hundred and four. So there are some I, Bond I, episodes where you're very first, quiet. First so. question. Yeah, well, that's one per episode. I... Can I get a judge's mm. decision, please? Mm. Mm. I, I question this. Batman. Badly. There were like a yeah. million Batman films. Yeah, and I watched them all. Oh, that's true. Actually, mm-hmm. I only watched that serial one that you hadn't seen, and that didn't count. Well, <laughs> this is off to a great start. We've disputed <laughs> the question. The 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 question author is now disputing the. Uh... Well, unfortunately, Saul is the judge of his own questions, so he has to make his own. He has to make his own point. Uh, decision okay, there. fine. We've both got a point. Okay. <laughs> so nothing's changed. All right, you're both on one. All right, next up. Mm-hmm. Right, Alan, you have accused me of being a fat twat, lazy prick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you accused me of being a particularly harsh critic a while ago. So, uh, <laughs> Did I? do you know what I've done? I've I've averaged out our ratings for every single film that we've covered on the show. 
Well, obviously mine's going to be lowest, (laughs) because I hate everything we watch. Yeah, I I want you to, again, for three points, potentially rank us in terms of optimism. Who's the most, like, who enjoys (laughs) things the most at the top? Who hates everything at the bottom? Oh, I know. It's going to be Sol, me, Alan. Uh, For the sake of a bit of difference, I'll I'll go Calvin, Sol, Alan. Oh, Alan, you've got uh, three points there. What? <laughs> and Calvin, you've only got one. Of them. Calvin, you're the most optimistic reviewer. Oh, well, that's nice. And then it, yeah, <laughs> it goes Calvin, then me, and then Alan at the bottom. But we're actually very closely matched if you look at the average rating. So now, hmm. um, Calvin, what do you think your average score is? Alan, what do you think Calvin's average score is? Closest seven point five. Let me think. Seven point one. Uh, Alan is closest there. Calvin, it is actually 6.07. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's the highest. (laughs) It's a six. (laughs) A a low six. (laughs) Not terribly positive. Well, do bear in mind, you know, we've covered God's Not Dead 1 and 2. We've covered a lot of shit. It it (laughs) it averages out. At the opposite end of the spectrum, what do you think Alan's average score is? 4.2. No, I don't think it'll be that much different, so I'll go like 5.4. Alan, uh, that's another point for you. You've got 5.85 is your average score. Wow, that's not much between us. No, no, and and, uh, I'm on 5.91. There's basically 0.1 difference between us. I wonder why that is. I guess we, we all, every time we watch anything, it's like you like one and I hate one, and then we swap mm, around yeah. and sequel. And, mm, yeah, mm. I guess so. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. Okay. Uh, so that's enough about us. But what about the show itself? I've, uh, I've looked at our 10 most listened to episodes of all time. I want you guys to take Ooh. it in turns. Kind of like, like Family Fortunes, <gasps> where you, you shout one out, okay? Calvin, you can start Me because first. you're behind. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're not. Dr. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dr. No is one, correct, for a point. Da Vinci Code. Yes, The Da Vinci Code, inexplicably, is our second most listened to episode of all time. Good old uh, David Icke, eh? From Russia With Love. <laughs> From Russia With Love. Yes, that is our seventh most listened. And that's a good mm-hmm. tactic, going for the Bond films there. Alan. Mm-hmm. Um, finding Dory, slash Nemo, whichever one. Uh, yeah, finding, finding Nemo, Finding Dory, that is our eighth most listened to episode of all time. Almost certainly because it was our second episode, is that why? Uh, so it's been out for yes. a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, right, I'm gonna go for Ghostbusters. Uh, no, Ghostbusters did not oh, chart. Ouch, ouch. Back to you, Alan. <laughs> Independence Day. Uh, Independence Day is our tenth most listened to episode of all time. Ooh, that was our third episode. Just snuck it in there, just snuck it mm. in. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm gonna go Goldfinger. Goldfinger, yep, fifth most listened to. All right. Yeah, I wish I could remember the names of these fucking Bond films. (laughs) (laughs) What have we done? (laughs) Bond. Um, I'll say uh, Batman v Superman. Or the whole Batman. Uh, Yeah, that is our our third most listened to episode of all time. Batman Mm. v Superman. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. It was an early one. And it's Batman. Come on, I've got my next answer now already. Come on. All right, Calvin. Um, Star Trek? No. No, Star Trek did not uh, make it. Um, all right, I'd like to go Harry Potter. 
Harry Potter, yes, ninth most listened to episode. Oh, no. right, how many two more left? left? Two. Oof. Thunderball. How many, how many girls do they get? Yeah, Thunderball, fourth most listened to episode oh. of all time. There is one left, Alan. Do you think you can get it? Oh, really? Um, I can't remember any episodes we've done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hang on a sec. Give me a, give me a sec. Bridget If Jones. I hear so much as a click of a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Bri- uh, no, I'm Jones. afraid Bridget Jones is not is not on there. So back to you, Calvin. Can you get this last one? You only live twice. Uh, strangely, no. Oh, poor Japanese Bond. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor What's Japanese Bond. Alan, it's back to you. Can you get the last point? No. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I'm just guessing films. <laughs> it just seems a bit... We're out here. We're out of options. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. You should have stuck with oh, Bond. That's, that's why it's so weird one. that... Yeah, it's weird that You Only Live Twice didn't get in there, because that one came out sooner. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that was... Hmm. On Her Majesty's Secret Service is our sixth most listened to episode as well. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so... Which city in the world listens <laughs> to our show the most? Do we have to buzz? Uh, Cal- yeah, let's say you can take it in turns. And Bang. Calvin, you start because you have got the least amount of points so far. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. <laughs> um, London, UK. Uh, no, it is not London, surprisingly. Oh, for- <laughs> Alan? Brighton and Hove. It is not Brighton and Hove. <laughs> I will give you both a clue. It's not in the UK. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, um, Sydney? Uh, no, not Sydney. It's it's a very, very weird city for it to be, frankly. Oh, it's going to well. be some dodgy internet. It's not. No, I can offer a theory as to why it's this city. but um, Hollywood. No, but... Um, <laughs> We're getting sense. on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. Can 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 we have a clue? Uh the clue is that Alan is uh geographically the closest so far with Paris. Hollywood. Oh, thought that meant physically. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's in America somewhere. Uh, Seattle. It's not Seattle. <laughs> we got a lot of connections in Seattle. <laughs> New York? It's not New York. <laughs> San Francisco. It is San Francisco. Oh! Oh. And I surprising, yeah. It's, hippie liberals, they love us. Well, this is it. We're we're such lefty liberals. They're they're arty farty <laughs> types. And Calvin, you're a gay icon, so that probably goes down mm. well over there as well. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, we should do milk. <laughs> oh yeah, good idea. Yeah. Uh, this is another family fortunes ripoff thing. Uh, taking in turns. So Calvin, you are going to start us off. No looking up. I'm listening out for mouse clicks. What are the 10 highest reviewed films that we have covered on the show? So highest Ooh, reviewed okay. by us. Okay. Oh. Ooh. Um well, as in series or individual films? Individual films. Okay, well I know that Alien is one of them. Uh yes, Alien is our highest rated film. We gave that a, a 9.8 score. Mm. I think that's yes. fair. I was thinking Alien as well, unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> so that's not been a great deal of help to me. <laughs> uh, shit. The second Batman. The, not the second Batman, but the second the, new Batman. The Dark Knight. 
The Dark Knight believe... is joint fourth. Yes, The Dark Knight. We Oof. gave that 8.8. .8. Wasn't sure. Okay, we, uh, Jaws. Uh, yeah, Jaws is joint seventh, 8.6. Oh, that's quite low. Mm, okay. See, my problem is I just can't remember anything we've done. <laughs> Psycho. Uh, no, actually. <sighs> Psycho was recently pushed out of our top ten. Who brought that down? <laughs> Next, I'm going to go for Frankenstein. James Wales Frankenstein. Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. I'm going to go with Sixth Sense. No. <laughs> That's wrong. I think I think <laughs> I hated it. Did you? <laughs> well, I didn't hate it. I was I was uh, indifferent. Yeah, I think you and I were both just like, yeah, 7 out of 10, it's all right. <laughs> um, right, my go. Uh, I'm going to go Bride of Frankenstein. Yes, that is our 10th. Yes. Uh, highest rated film, 8.6. Bride of Frankenstein. Is that, is that because I haven't reviewed that one? I haven't rated that one. <laughs> Possibly. Probably. Is that why it's so high? Mm. Um, okay. Ghostbusters. Uh, no, not Ghostbusters. I'm afraid. Fuck. <laughs> All right. So there are four. There are four films on this list that were from an episode that was like specifically about that film. Uh, oh no, this is this is confusing even more. <laughs> two standalone uh, films, two parts of franchises that we covered. Uh oh. Um, La La Land. No, not La La Land. No, I didn't really like Good it. guess though. Uh, can I go with Back to the Future? Back to the Future, yes. Joint 7, uh, 8.6. Yeah. Yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep, that is our second highest rated <sighs> film. Shit. Because Alan hasn't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm going to have to start watching some of these films and knock them down a bit. Uh, I've got a guess, though. Yeah. Uh, a Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange, yes. Mm. Sixth highest rated, 8.7 out of 10. Very good. Very good. Very good. Three left. left. So, clue, clue. All right, clue. You've I've got, got one. Well, I've got an answer. I've got an answer. Well, it's not your turn, is it? <laughs> well, stop giving clues, and I've got an answer. All right. Well, no, no, no. Give me a clue. It's my turn. Uh... It's a classic. <laughs> oh, it's a wonderful life. It is. It's a wonderful life. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah, so yeah. joint fourth, eight point eight. Okay, Alan. Uh, <clears throat> my answer is Spider Man. No, no, not Spider Man. I probably said it was shit. Didn't I? You you were really excited for that guess. Um, <laughs> all right, your next you clue like is that. Why could, why, hang on, why do we keep giving clues when it's Calvin's turn? Because he's lagging behind, and you both oh, get fair. the clue. Like you both get a go with that clue as well. Mm. Yeah, okay. I'm just very good with clues. <laughs> um, your next clue is that maybe there's another Tim Burton film on here. Ooh. Okay. I is that think... a clue or just telling us what it is? Ed Wood? Ed Wood, yes. Third highest rated. Ooh, nice. Nine out of ten. Very nice. Very nice. Is that because Alan hasn't seen it? I think probably. <laughs> no, no, I don't think I've rated it because I saw it a long time ago. But I did like it. Uh, mm. One left. Well, Can you get it, Alan? This one is part of a franchise. We covered the franchise. But it's not necessarily something you'd really think of as being a franchise, maybe? Okay. Minions. Uh, no. <laughs> Minions? <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll give another clue, Calvin. It's the first film in that franchise. <laughs> Frozen? No. Mm. Alan? Guardians of the Galaxy? No. Because we all like this film. We just spent ages gushing about it. Oh. But then we spoke about the sequels and they're not as good. But we've already said Alien. 
Uh, we spent ages slacking off the second one. Then the third one we were nicer about. Bridget Jones? No. I don't know. Forfeit. Forfeit? Yeah, I mean, I'm just running on empty now. I've got nothing left. It was the Blair Witch Project. Our joint uh... seventh favourite film. 8.6 out of 10. Uh, score so far. Alan, <laughs> you've got 18 points. Ooh. Calvin, you have got 12. Woo! Yeah! So, six points between you. You're going to equalise. Star Wars, it could be said, speaks volumes about the human condition and the nature of Western society. At some point, the gang addressed the white elephant that would always be in the room and turned their heads to the Ewok movies, which were spun off from those Star Wars films, all leading up to the release of Solo, a Star Wars story. Here was a tangent about the very nature of humour. How low can you go? Calvin. Calvin. Yeah? How low can you go? Uh... So low. Uh... (laughs) I like that. Oh, oh, uh, there was a a drunk lady at the pub who was telling great jokes. Um, uh, I've I've, I've got a new business. Really? What is it? Uh, Viagra. Oh, oh, that sounds like a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're supposed to say, how's it going? And then I say, up and down. It just go up, surely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> up and then down oh, about 12 the... hours later. Oh, no, shit. No, sorry. That it just was keeps the going. to the trampoline joke. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you're the shittest comedian ever. <laughs> Give us another one. Uh, oh... Oh, uh, and that's all I can remember, actually. <laughs> you didn't um, even remember oh. that, so... <laughs> How old was this comedian woman in the pub? It was his mother. She wasn't a comedian. <laughs> she was just a drunk lady in the pub. It wasn't like an open mic night <laughs> she got up no, and was trying no. out her new set. No, no, no. So um, I've, uh, I've just started working uh, as a Viagra uh, CEO, <laughs> and uh, I've got to tell you, the stocks, they just keep going up and up. <laughs> We uh we were just uh, we were just at the pub and then it, I think we were a bit of a local pub where because you're not local the people are just sort of interested and like come over to you and it's like oh god what are you doing then I hate drunk people who decide they want to talk to you was this back in Brickhouse no no this was in Brighton is it, this isn't so oh, they were okay. friendly it's not, not London, very London, then, not is London. London is it <laughs> no no but there was this one lady I was talking to and she was. Very all right and nice. And then she came and sat with us. And then she started talking about her husband, who was like a voiceover artist for commercials and stuff. And he sat down and I thought he was putting on a voice because he spoke in this very theatrical way. <laughs> like, literally like that. And he just kept it up all night. And I was like, you're making this up. And he wasn't. But he sounded like that guy in Father Ted who's like, Ted, did you want a booming, passionate voice? He just no, sounded like he that. wanted a very boring voice that no one would listen to. <laughs> here from an episode recorded about the jurassic park films is a truly wonderful example of how a light-hearted piece of entertainment can have a much darker effect a much darker unforeseen effect upon that of the innocence of a child or perhaps upon those of us struggling to get along with one another for reasons as arbitrary as our own race and the colour of our skin. And then there's some talk about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. 
You, you guys are too young to remember it. Well, yeah. actually, I remember it. one of my earliest memories um, is being, uh, I think my dad and stepmom took me to a, uh, just a, a house, well, a house party, a gathering of their <laughs> friends, and um, they were, they put Jurassic Park on, and I think I, I must have been quiet. about five five years old, six at the time. And uh, they had to turn it off because by the time the T-Rex arrived, I was screaming so much that (laughs) I I was ruining everyone else's party. And I I held a terrible uh, fear of dinosaurs for many years, actually, probably until I was about nine, ten years old. I finally got over myself. You're a very weak child. Terrifying. Terrifying. Have you ever, um, have you ever been around a lizard in real life? Yes, I, just, I get the impression it would upset you. No, no. What about Komodo dragon? Because they're quite big. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm always around Komodo dragons. <laughs> just no. Have you ever been constantly wandering around Wimbledon? There's one in London Zoo. I said, have you ever been around? You know, I wasn't saying do you do you frequent the Komodo dragon enclosure? Yeah, but Komodo dragon is is gay slang for something. I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> like Komodo. a big Japanese guy. Yeah, yeah. Like Komodo. a really big. <laughs> Com- dragging, oh, like, no, dragging, I, like dragging out the Yeah, I get it. <laughs> no, I haven't um, seen a Komodo dragon in real life. Is that because yeah. you're too scared? No. Well, I mean, I probably would be if I was like in a room with one. <laughs> I think that would be quite a frightening experience. Have you ever? Have you ever seen a bird? <laughs> have you ever held a chicken? Because I think that'd be too upsetting for you as well. Yeah, I can't see you doing that. You'd freak out. Well, I I don't understand how you're making the correlation between like a T Rex, which is like a what a twenty five foot thing that can eat you in one gulp, and a chicken. Because <laughs> that was what the closest was scary. ancestor, isn't it? Yeah, but Calvin, you do strike me as the sort of person who's like afraid of feathers. <laughs> what? I just thought I'd, I'd start us off with a funny, like, you know, nostalgia, you know childhood story, and you just of your phobias, it. how you got scared of. <laughs> anyway, you chalk it up to um... watching Hitchcock's The Bird Salon, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it is a ridiculous character. What about the fact that this sort of painfully trying to conceal the fact that this thing is part T Rex, part Raptor? And they're going, oh yeah, it's part T-Rex, and what else? Oh, something else, so whatever. Like, as if it's not going to be a raptor at any point. Like, And why Why is Chris Pratt, who's a velociraptor guy, not recognise immediately this is like, oh look, this is like obviously got velociraptor bits to it. Uh, well, I don't think it's all necessarily aesthetic. Like, it is just a weird sort of hybrid, and a lot of dinosaurs look the same, to be honest. I don't mean to be dinosaurist so speciesist but, uh, <laughs> i don't know if i could tell the difference between a brachiosaur and a bronchosaur or whatever i don't know a brontosaur isn't a real thing that's the one that smashes heads into stuff there's oh, the your thing is right something patchy dorsaurus or something i don't know <laughs> say it properly pachiosaurus that's the one yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a <the> whole thing <laughs> Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, they did. Co- they did call it Packy in this film, which I, I think obviously it doesn't have the same resonance in America. Well, does well it? they do, they do that in in uh, it, they say it in one of the earlier films as well. At one point, I noticed on the rewatch because it it was a thing. It, some people were like calling the film racist because at one point <laughs> the guy says the line "the Packies are out of containment," yeah. abbreviating it, and then. Comedian Guz Khan uh, had his his viral breakout, like doing a kind of 
joke outrage about how the film was being racist. Yeah, I'd like to tell one thing, bro. I'm saying boycott Jurassic World, bro. First five minutes of the film, bro. That chick, the semi-nice looking ginger one, yeah? First thing she says, bro, she goes, yo, the packies are out of containment. There's a dinosaur called Pachysaurus, bro. I don't know if Nigel Farage was responsible for finding the fossils of this dinosaur, bro. It's, it's amazing no one at any point in the production kind of, you know, you'd think there'd be so many lawyers and mm. compliance people working on it that someone would go, oh, by the way... You don't this, need anything. This... Like, you just need you just need a British person on set going, oh, we're not allowed to say that anymore. Zara. <laughs> like, oh, <well>. Exactly, Zara. <laughs> Because I'm sure she was, you know, coming in when it wasn't even, you know, and she'd even need to shoot because I'm sure she just enjoyed the magic of movie making. <laughs> she would be over Colin Trevorrow's shoulder. The, the T-Rex from the first one's British. <laughs> Is he? She. Oh, she? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so sexy. It is, a, it is a she, isn't it? I think the canon is that's a They're fe- all she's. I they think. all are. Oh, of course, of course. All yeah. creatures on Jurassic Park are female. How do you know? Do you look up their skirts and check? <laughs> right. Oh, God, I forgot to mention how annoyed <laughs> I was with that. In it, Jeff Goldblum really annoyed me in the first film when, with all that. Because like, they were saying they're all female. And he was like, well, how do you know? And it's like, well, come on. You're, like, you're a, sci- a man of science. It's not... <laughs> Who bred them? It's not like it's not that big a stretch to think they've selectively. Does bred. it cock its leg when it needs to piss or not? You know? <laughs> he just he really couldn't get his head around that. He was like, ah, don't buy it, don't buy it. Hmm. And then ultimately he was right, but only because stupid writing. Hmm. Right, hmm. shall we wrap up and move to the sequels? Just because I'm. Really... Because people like you go, oh, Jeff Goldblum's in it. <laughs> Sorry, I did Calvin's voice then. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> I assumed he was like one of the leads. No. Just because if they're getting him Chris in Pratt. to introduce the film. He's about 67 years Have old. Have you seen that? Um... He could be the new uh, Hammond. <laughs> you know that intro that he that he does uh, where they come out and go, hey, I'm here to sell you on the new film coming out. It's normally Dwayne The Rock Johnson who's like, Hey, yeah. I've got my new film coming out. It's about a big gorilla, and uh, it's going to be fun. Go see it, uh, Alan. I nearly linked you to a video of The Rock the other day, actually, where it was like him in the gym, <laughs> just on his phone. Like it was, it was, it was like a promoted post that was like a proper paid-for advertisement by like View, and then you click on it, and it's just like this shitty selfie video on his phone of him in the gym going, "Hey, it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Go see Rampage out this day." good fun, it's good fun, I'm in the gym, I'm Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and then that was it. And, and then it just like, <laughs> like really shaky, like clearly just him on his phone, and then it had like the View logo at the end that someone had edited onto it. It was... Uh. Anyway. Um... Can a man truly stand out from other men for being an ant man? If we think about it, we are truly all as insignificant as an ant within the universe or the sprawling space that is time. Truly, we are all ant men. Okay, guys, well, um, it's half time in England's first game in the World Cup, so uh, you got oh, me, you got me for about five minutes before I get distracted again. <laughs> I wonder why there were no annoying children outside. I've got my window wide open and I can't hear any children playing. It's great. They should have this football I, every, thing more often. Every now and then I can hear a... Whoa! <laughs>
Yeah, uh, that's a clue as to when we're recording this. Um, it's the 18th of June, that's a bigger clue. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my, th- my 34th birthday, everyone. Oh, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but it is actually, though, yes. Oh, what, have you, oh happy what, birthday. When did you sync it up with Facebook? <laughs> when I joined Tinder. Because <laughs> it was because it said on Tinder that I was thirty seven or something. I was like, oh shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought I better put my real phone. Yeah. You could have just put in the bio, lol. I don't know how to change it. I'm not even that old. I'm only thirty three. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's remarkable how much of that there is on there. It's like one in four profiles, one in five. <laughs> I'm surprised that you like just said the truth, really, and that, you know, I, I thought you might have gone a bit younger. People always have the brackets <laughs> at age, like, 18 to 30 or something. Well, actually, no, 18 to 25. I noticed a severe lap, uh, lack of um, matches on mine after 26. Mine's, yeah, mine's mine's much lower than my own age, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> For straight men, you're all right when you get a bit older. So I'm told. Yeah. Like Michael Douglas. Mm. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Case in point. Mm. Like Paul Rudd. Yeah, that's true, Because I watched him in his youth, and it wasn't nearly as... Uh, well, the film wasn't as good. What was film? I watched him in recently. Halloween 6? I, I watched him, no, Lewis. I watched him in that... Have you ever seen that film that like everyone in LA raves about? Like, it's incredible. Um, but I'm 90% sure it's because they were either in it or their friend was in it. Uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. And Netflix recently started reviving it for all these reunion shows and so on. But Bradley Cooper was in it, Paul Rudd was in it, Amy Poehler was in it. Everyone who's part of that sort of LA comedy scene had some sort of role in it. David Hyde Pierce was in it, mm. which is why I thought you might oh. have seen it. Mm. Um, but it's not very good. Mm. Despite what people might tell you. you. You know what we should talk about, whether or not is good? Ant-Man. Well, I think it's probably going to have a lot of flashbacks and de-aged thems and stuff involved. Mm. But yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see them. Michelle Pfeiffer has been de-aging herself. I mean, she she looks almost exactly the same as she did like twenty years ago. I can't believe yeah, on, the, on, on the poster for Ant Man uh, and the Wasp, especially, it's like Jesus. Yeah, posters are never touched up. Well, she's mm. on the she's on the cusp now, where I'm not going to be attracted to her anymore. She's still all right, but she's is that the menopause? I can tell she's not. I can tell she's not got long left, and it's sad. It's sad to me because. I like Michelle Pfeiffer. I think she's beautiful. Like, I mean, you know. and I liked her as an old woman. I liked her like Stardust, two thousand and seven. Michelle Pfeiffer. That was my favorite Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm. So I thought, I thought, oh, she's gonna, she's gonna get better with age. Is she brilliant? But no, she's, she's peaked and it's coming down the other side now. <laughs> this might be the last, the last hurrah for me and Michelle. Ant Man in the Wasp. Sure, that'll come of great comfort to her. <laughs> Knowing that she was still wankable over at uh, 2018. Well, she's she's uh, 60 years old now. So is that your cutoff point? I think it is, yeah. Pension. Case, case by case basis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, not everyone makes it to 60, but... I, I mean, yeah. the likes of like Angela Lansbury or Maggie Smith, I'd be surprised if they made it to like 25 in your... Uh, <laughs> <generation>. <laughs> uh. 
offensively the show took to recording a Quentin Tarantino season ahead of a Werner Herzog season. From the first of such episodes was the following short cutoff, and from the second of such episodes was a discussion of if the hosts were to turn their own heads to filmmaking. I suppose one should thank guest hosts Dan Straw and Connor Murray for their contributions to these audio files. Do you know, can we? Can I just mention something before we uh, yeah. go into this? Uh, something I wanted to talk about but forgot about, um, and we'll have to talk about it with early Tarantino, and that is Roger Avery. Okay. okay. Oh, you know Roger Avery. Yeah, yeah, he wrote, he co-wrote with him, didn't he? Is that the guy? Yeah, so yeah. Roger Avery co-wrote stuff with Tarantino in the early days, um, and has a, has a credit on Pulp Fiction. And True Romance was, as well, I believe, yeah. Yeah, involved with the writing of True Romance, like that was their story that they kind of combined in some way. Um, and it's just sort of an interesting footnote to Tarantino that he, he's largely forgotten. <laughs> and uh, it definitely feels like in those early early days, he had he definitely had some influence. Um, and I've seen uh, a film he, he made, a film he directed called Killing Zoe. Oh, I've um, heard that. I've heard of Killing Zoe. Fiction. Which I really like. I haven't watched it for ages. I need to watch it again. But I really liked it. It's very Tarantino-esque in that sense that it's a kind of early 90s crime drama. Eric Stoltz is in it. And Julie Delpy is in it. Yeah, really interesting film. He also did Rules of Attraction, which was all right. Um, And he's kind of not progressed that much in terms of becoming a well-known director or anything. But he got his his opportunity. Like, he made a couple of films. Um, Have you seen any of his stuff? I don't think so. Can't say I have. I mean, I I will look him up and double check because I I might have. What's he called? James Avery. Roger Avery. Roger James Avery, Avery is Uncle James Phil. Avery is Uncle Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Pillowy mounds of mashed potatoes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he is technically an Oscar winner. They won for best uh, original screenplay with the uh, Pulp Fiction. He was credited, so you know, an Oscar-winning screenwriter that hasn't written anything of any great note afterwards and directed well, like, a couple um, of things. What's, he, what's that guy called who's just been living off of Taxi Driver for his entire career? Paul Schrader or something? Yeah, well, he's he did all right of it. <laughs> he's quite no, but he's quite a well-known figure in Hollywood yeah. making these little films. But it's, like, he's the only one that's got any acclaim to the best of my knowledge is Taxi Driver. Oh, he's he's um he's written a lot of stuff. This guy. Yeah, I'm checking him out now. Beowulf. I mean, it's not good stuff. Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Killing Zoe, you know, it was produced by, well, executive producers, Lawrence Bender, Quentin Tarantino. They they obviously helped him get funding or whatever. He does that a lot, Tarantino. I, I, I sat down to watch um, Hostel for the first time the other day, and it popped up at the start, like, presented by Quentin Tarantino. And I was like, oh, I didn't know he had anything to do with this. Fair enough. Well, that's why him and Eli Roth are mates, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I think he just produced it. I think he just kind of helped him get funding. I can't remember what it was. I read about it, but he saw a short film at some sort of film festival, and there was this idea in it that he liked, so he nicked it. But then sort of in, in return, he helped the the people who made this film get funding to do a feature-length version of it and stuff like that. So he kind of like feels like he does... He supports the independence as well. Oh, he absolutely <laughs> does. He did a commentary for the DVD of Spaced um, to help convince people to release it in America to make it relevant to the US you know that's the sort I know Kevin Smith shows him like cuts of all his films to get feedback from him there's a special feature on the Clerks 2 DVD of 
like Tarantino being like, this scene at the end, like it's a comedy up until this point, and this is the scene where it becomes a movie, and you know, giving him all this kind of feedback. <laughs> so I think he is quite a guy who's willing to pluck talent out and nurture talent. Well, he's a film buff, isn't he? He loves film. He's going to give you his feedback and yeah, and Grindhouse. Mm. I mean, abs- you know, he basically got Edgar Wright over to America as well. He- I mean, at this point, it became really clear that Tarantino had basically decided he was going to make his own riff on all these sort of subgenres he loved growing up. So you've got your kind of crime mob film with Reservoir Dogs, supposedly black exploitation with Jackie Brown, but not really. Martial arts here, Pulp World War Two with Inglorious Bastards, Western with Django Unchained, Star Trek he's doing now. So I was wondering, Alan, what our ten movies would be if we were gonna do him i think obviously there'd be a zombie movie in there for me and a musical and a time travel movie and something classically animated (laughs) and a weird meta superhero film what genre your sort of favorite genres yeah if calvin Uh... would have a spy movie a shark movie a hagsploitation movie and some kind of gay drama like about a teenager dealing with being gay like very sincere (laughs) yeah yeah I don't know. I, I think Alan, you would just make ten films where where nothing really happens and the characters don't do anything. <laughs> Have I missed any? I'm a, I I do like I like things with vengeance. I like uh, something that really kind of gets to me on an emotional level is injustice. Like when someone is kind of being accused of something they haven't done, that sort of thing. So that's why you hate Justice League so much. It's the it's the opposite of what you want. <laughs> it's why I love it's why it's why I love God's Not Dead too. <laughs> uh, so sort of fighting against that that sort of thing I quite like. But yeah, my style is like little character driven indie film, I suppose. So uh, yeah, that kind of thing. So would you like to make a Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka? Like yeah. The guy just turns into a fly and it's not his fault and everyone hates him. <laughs> That's too much happening, I think, for Alan. It's too big a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alan's version would just be a guy wakes up, but he doesn't quite feel himself. And he's just a slightly <laughs> different person and everyone doesn't like him. And that, <laughs> and it's a metaphor for depression. No, that, that is depression. No, that's not a metaphor. It's just... <laughs> yeah, it yeah, you don't have to have a metaphor, though. You just do it as it is. I don't know. I don't, what 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 other genres do I like then? Um, I like crap comedies. So yeah, do a Vince you'd, you'd have a film where someone wears a fat suit playing an old woman. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I would. And I I think there'd be a weird like attempt at subversive like shock fest film in there as well. Actually, like like tonally yeah. set up to be like a kids movie, but then you know it's full of just like. <laughs> horrible like people wanking off pigs and stuff like that just horrible <laughs> stuff no one wants to see that's your, your john waters film <laughs> yeah oh yeah john waters film i'll do that what you do john waters or a john waters film like what <laughs> i'd probably do john waters if <laughs> yeah. heroes. i mean it's a story you could tell yeah. certainly. <laughs> i think if you had the chance you probably would just to say you could my time spent examining the Diminishing Returns archive, I came to the conclusion that there truly is no meaning or purpose to that of mankind. If two men can waste hours out of their lives 
days, perhaps even weeks, discussing the very nature of another human being's art and criticizing it and making fun of it, then what purpose does life have for them? What purpose can life truly have for anyone? Humanity, such is, is a pointless endeavor by that of God. As though God has fallen asleep at the wheel, I of course refer to God in the metaphorical sense, because he exists only within our minds as a coping mechanism for the futility and the existential humiliation of life. As we turn our eyes to the future, we shall expect more of diminishing returns, trundling on as though there's purpose to anything, as though their lives have meaning, and perhaps that is the takeaway from this exploration of the show. to this. I know, Werner. I'm never going to. Yeah. They said it was bad. Now you know why no one's gonna hear it. I think you, you should not keep it. You should destroy it. Yeah. I think that's what you should do. 